Give me a second. I wanted to um, kind of give you guys an understanding of what 2021 is about to bring to us. Uh, 2020 was basically a year of expectancy, okay? It was um, a year of accountability. It was, last year was, even with the pandemic, it was a thing about the father basically seeing Will you allow this to stop you? Okay. It was all about accountability. It was about waiting on him, not moving too fast, not doing things at your pace, but waiting on him. All right. 2020, he wanted to show us some things. How many of you, how many of you received a tremendous amount of blessings in 2020? Boy, you stop playing. Okay. It's about to get worse or better. <laughs> okay? Because 21, we're talking about biblical numerics, is the product of three times seven. It therefore means the fullness or completion of spiritual perfection. Okay? When the Bible talks about let us go on to perfection, all right, you are perfect at your spirit level because you are one with Christ. You are in Christ. You are God's child. So you are one with him. You are perfect in his eyes. It's not a thing where we're trying to earn the right to be seen as his sons and daughters in his eyes. That's not the case. We're already perfect. The thing that he is trying to perfect is the mind. That's the struggle, right? It's the will. It's these emotions. It's the fact that we have not been supernatural beings our entire life. And like I told you last week, we're going from one order to the next order. We're going from the man order into the God order. And that thing of losing, losing your, your humanity to gain divinity is a puzzling thing, especially if you're under word that, all, that brings you to a religious place. Especially if you know the word in a religious manner, all right? It's hard to grow into something if you don't intentionally do it. You don't accidentally become a superstar. You don't accidentally become a lawyer. <laughs> you don't accidentally become a judge. You don't accidentally become a billionaire. That's not something that just accidentally happens to you. Okay, it's a training, it's a process. And so he's trying to bring us to a spiritual completion. He wants us to grow up worse than we want to grow up. All right. He wants us to grow up. He wants to expedite this process of getting us from A to Z. We're moving slow. We're moving slow. And so this entire series that we are teaching now on training days, training days, all right? It's time to train. We're going to start January. We ended the year with a focus on training, training, training. If you're going to be anything in this life, it is going to take training. 
Training meaning it is going to take not, it's just not about academic. All right. It's not just about acquiring information. It's not just about reading the Bible, but it's about your character. It's about, watch this. It's about the way you talk to people. Because you're asking him to open doors, but how do you talk to people? <laughs> Let's go further. It's about how you think about people. Your ultimate test of humility is your thought process of another person. It's not what you say out your mouth. Your mouth. Jesus said, beware when men always speak good of you. I told you, your greatest battle is going to be in your mind. It, it's not going to be you checking someone else's mind. It's going to be you checking yourself. It's easy for us to check somebody else. It's easy for us to look at somebody else and see, I see your faults. I see everything you're doing. What about you? Do you see your faults? Do you see the things that are keeping you from getting the things that he wants you to have? So last week we did training days and the title of the message was training grounds to let you know that all of that is going to happen right here. Correction, reproof, training, all that's going to happen right here in the body of Christ. You're going to get offended by somebody sitting next to you, somebody across the room, and the whole purpose of you getting offended is to see where you are. It has nothing to do with the person that offended you. You have to train yourself to become. The Bible said that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with God and with man. And then when he got before the father, the Holy Spirit came upon him and the father said, this is my son who I am pleased with. That's what you want. It don't matter if everybody else pleased with it. He, the scripture says it like this. When a man's ways please him. It makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's deep. That's profound. I can serve my father to the point where my enemies be like, you know what? That's a losing battle right there. <laughs> That's a losing battle. So to the title of our teaching on today is the mindset of a soldier. A mind, the mindset of a soldier. Because you know y'all what y'all religious self. You want to be in the army of the Lord, don't you? We not in the army of the Lord. I hate to tell y'all that, okay? We are not in the army of the Lord. The angels are the army of the Lord. We're sons. We command. Uh, we command. Part of the power of the Holy Spirit is commanding angels. All right. We're not in the army of the Lord. He's telling us to have the mind of a soldier through the scriptures. He's not telling us to be a soldier, have the mind of a soldier. All right. You're a son, you're a daughter, you're a child. Okay. The king doesn't send his children to war. Y'all better stop playing with me. All right. So. This whole teaching on the mindset of a soldier is so that you can take control of your destiny. 
your career, your life, your marriage, your business, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you can only do that by taking control of your spiritual life. And I told you last week, I'm coming for your head, all right? I'm coming for your head because I refuse to pastor people who fake like they have a spiritual life. I don't want you faking it. When you wake up in the morning, your spiritual life starts. And it doesn't end till you go to sleep. We can't have this thing where we wake up in the morning and we do nothing spiritual all day. Because that's not the mindset of a soldier. Once you become a soldier, you are a soldier 24-7. Once you become a soldier, you lose your rights to be a civilian. Once you become a soldier, watch this. You can go to jail on the natural side and the spiritual side. You can go to jail in, in the civilian court, and once they prosecute you in civilian court, they're going to bring you back to the military court to prosecute you again. Remember what the prodigal son said. He returned home to his father, and he said, Father, I have sinned in the sight, in, in the sight of heaven, and before you, you are always operating at those two functions at all times. Your father wants you to do his will because people are watching you and you're supposed to be light. So everything you do, you are doing it towards heaven, but you're doing it in the sight of man. That's why Paul told him, he said, even when it comes to drinking wine, if they can't handle it, don't do it in front of them. Because everything you do, you are doing in the sight. Heaven's watching you. If the Bible says one person repentance, all the angels rejoice. So what they do when you are there cussing? No, I'm just playing. Y'all ain't cussing. Y'all don't be cussing. I know y'all don't be cussing. Maybe you think it, right? <laughs> we are cussing Christians. Y'all better stop playing. We do. Christians, look, watch this. Christians are not immune from saying cuss words. Stop playing, okay? This, I told you, this is a growth process. When you get saved, you are, you don't get saved and then all of a sudden all sin is removed from you. It's a process. Some of y'all won't say it out your mouth, but you cuss people out in your head all day long. <laughs> You and we, but we'll say because it didn't come out of our mouth, we'll make ourselves better than them. Oh, they look at them cussing, they ain't say you just told if we could read your mind, watch this question. If we could read your mind, would you be saved? No. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna play around today, isn't we? <laughs> but that's what we're here to talk about. The mindset of a soldier. Our need to train, like I told you, is because we've going to a different order. We are coming from the human class, past the angel class, into the God class. Anytime your heavenly father says, imitate me, that's an order. That's not a suggestion. Anytime he says, conform to the image of my son, that's an order. 
mindset of a soldier. It's not if you feel like it, when you feel like it. No, when you pray. You know you're trying to become when you're going to pray, when you fast, when you read the word, when you give. All these things are letting you know this has to happen in order for you to become something. It has to happen like that. So our scriptures are going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to do verses 1 through 7. Let's get in it. I'm going to read these passages of scriptures, and I'm going to extract one scripture from here that I'm going to pretty much teach from as our meat for the subject on today. And then um, we're going to expound on that. And it reads, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit it to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Training, teaching, okay? Verse three, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now, that word soldier there just simply means that you are supposed to champion that cause, all right? When you get to verse four, it says no one serving as a soldier. Now, this word soldier is talking about someone that is on a military expedition, someone who has enlisted themselves in the military. But the one before that is just simply saying you should be a champion for this cause. All right. You when you got saved, is everybody here saved? Maybe I need to know. Everybody here good? I guess not. Okay, you will be after this. When you got saved, what really happened is you came into the family of God. All right. When you came into the family of God, this is what you said. If I'm wrong, tell me. You said you were giving your life to him. Is that what you said? Okay. You said you were giving your life, not your situations, not your circumstances, not your finances. You were giving him your life. When you enlist in the military, <laughs> you're not just giving them one piece of you. They, ha- they control your whole life. Verse 4 says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civil- civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Verse 5 says, also, if anyone competes as an athlete, He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Verse six, the hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Verse seven, consider what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Now, these three mindsets Or these are the three mindsets we should have when training for our destiny. You should have the mindset of a soldier, of an athlete, and a farmer. You should have the mindset of a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. A soldier because you are in a war. You're in a war. An athlete, because you have a personal call on your life. You have personal things that you need to pursue. You have goals, things the Father has called you to be. 
And as a farmer, it's because you need your harvest. You need to understand harvest. You need a harvest. That's why Paul says, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything else. So if you can take on these three mindsets, you can get understanding in everything else. Understanding means this. He will put your mind together like a puzzle. Long as you have these three mindsets, he will put the pieces together. Long as you focus on the training, he will add to you constantly. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will add everything else to you. So the moment you decide, I'm going to take on this mindset, he says, okay, I'm going to give them supernatural intellect. I'm going to give them a supernatural intelligence. You, like Neo from the Matrix. It was one point in time where he only knew one side of it. Then somebody introduced him to the other side. Once he got introduced to the other side, this side made no sense to him. Once he got introduced to the other side, it now he, just, he understood that if I'm going to get anything, I have to get it from this side. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things that we can't see. That we understand faith by this simple equation. Everything that was that we see in earth was created by heaven. So he's letting us know if you are going to have faith, it's going to have to be in that world if you want to get anything done here. It's never going to be a thing that you as a child of God manifest something by doing it here. That's what the issue was with the rich young ruler. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Sell all this stuff. <laughs> and you will have a place. No, I can't. Why? Because I earned that. And because you earned it, you won't let it go. So we are told this. Paul told the church that we have the mind of Christ. Am I right? Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Am I right? The Bible tells us that a mind that is set on heavenly things brings life and peace. Am I right? Then it tells us that a mind that is set on the flesh or earth brings death. So the moment you set your mind on accomplishing something in earth without heaven into it, you die. Not a physical death, a spiritual death in a sense that you're detached. The worst, the thing you don't want done is this. You don't want the father to remove his hands and let you do it. That's what happens when we don't take on the mindset of a soldier. The Bible says this, that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, we talk about the mindset of a soldier. Y'all ready? So, let's look at 2 Peter 
I mean, no, I'm sorry. Second Timothy two and four again. It says no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Now, that was the uh, CSB version. The NSAB version says this. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, in order to become a soldier, your mind has to be trained. This is the whole purpose of, I'm a, I'm a, a disabled veteran, former military. So I know a little bit something about having the mind of a soldier. When you go to basic training, the whole purpose of going to basic training is to see if you qualify to be a soldier. You are not guaranteed to become a soldier because you go to basic training. You are there to become a soldier. I remember my first day in the military and the drill sergeant woke us up. He had one of them tin can garbage, you know, those tin can garbage. And the guy was the guy was huge. You ever seen those cartoons with the big guys with the big shoulders and then they got little feet? That's how he looks just like that, don't like like a cartoon. And the guy was just walking through the halls, beating the garbage can. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Now, this is in the middle of our sleep. I'm like, what in the world have I signed up for? Wake up, wake up, beating the trash can. Next thing you know, toe the line, toe the line. And what that means is all of us got to get out our beds, make our beds, and we got about two minutes. Get out your bed, make your bed, get in there, brush your teeth, shave, and get on the line like this to be inspected. Soldier. You don't wake up when you want to wake up. Soldier. Uh-oh. That ain't going to go well right there. I just waking up part. I felt the spirit of, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Wasn't no laying around chilling and you get up when you want to get up when you a soldier. They tell you when to go to bed. They tell you when to get up. They tell you when to train. They tell you when to stop training. It was times we lay in the hour, in the, in the rain for hours, looking at an enemy that wasn't there. You want to get up, but they training you for war. Because when you're going through war, you can't get up when you feel like it. I remember when we, I was a combat engineer. Now, what a combat engineer is, we deal with explosives. So I was the guy that builds bombs, TNT, C4, such and such. Um, we were known for destroying breaches. And so when we're in the war room, this is our second day. And they're explaining to us our job description. And this is what they tell us. In real life war, your life expectancy is 11 seconds. Soldiers don't sign up for peace. When you're a soldier, you don't enlist to have peace. 
You're enlisting with a mindset. We're about to go to war. I remember training exercises. See, it was totally different because we were one unit. It's one army. You're not Rambo. <laughs> You're not going. That's fake. Okay. You're not going to take out everybody with, with, with three guns. It's a team thing. And even in a team thing and even in training, watch this. One person make a mistake, we all got to pay for it. One person don't make up their bed, everybody got to do push-ups. At, watch this. At this, oh boy. <laughs> I see Chris with ideas over here. <laughs> everybody will get mad at that individual, but the whole purpose of this was to show that you're not a team. Instead of getting mad at him, angry at him, calling him names, police him and help him. We would lay in the in a uh, what they call the front leaning rest position, push up, just sit there. Because another person did something. What were they trying to teach us? Teamwork. It's not about an individual. Some of the other things we had to learn was leadership. I had to play a platoon sergeant. And being a platoon sergeant, I had to march all the people to chow to eat. And this is the crazy thing about being a leader. I can't eat till they're done eating and back in formation. You ain't ready to lead. <laughs> you can't eat until they're done eating. They, they put us in the gas chamber. They put us in the gas chamber. Take off your mask. Tell us your name, where you from. You get about halfway through your name and everything coming out. Eyes burning. Why are they doing this? They're preparing us for war. It will be times we would just be out laying, looking for the enemy, and, and all of a sudden, woo, woo, they throw, throw uh, gas at us. You got to Get your mask out, put your mask on, and get right back in the position. If you're sweating, the gas gets into your sweat and burns your face, but it don't matter because you're at war. You got to stay focused on the enemy. Because if, the, if, the, if this was real life, the enemy ain't waiting on you to put on your mask. I'm helping you with the mindset of a soldier. Now, after all that, the last thing we had to do, we had to climb through an obstacle course, which was about the length of a football field with bullets flying over our head. With the instructions, don't stand up. All this is training to become a soldier. Now, watch this. That was basic training. After basic training, you graduate, and now you go to active duty. In active duty, your life becomes training. Valentine's Day, I'm out in the field training all day long. They don't care about notes. You say something to that. I remember one soldier said, but Sergeant, it's Valentine's Day. Oh, really? Embarrassed them. Hey, everybody. 
This private thing is more important for him to spend time in Valentine's Day with his wife than us to train for the enemy. So if anybody get killed, it's going to be his fault. Because soldiers think mission first. Don't care about no Valentine's Day. They don't care about your anniversary. They tell you what to do. We're out in the field in Arkansas for 30 days, sleeping outside. 30 degrees, training for war. And what's crazy, I never went over. They made us learn medic training. We had to learn how to do an IV because in real life war, people get hurt. We had to learn how to do tourniquets, how to stop the bleeding, how to get somebody. The mindset of a soldier is training for any and everything. Soldiers don't enlist to have peace. Jesus said this in Matthew 10 and 34. It's not up there. Just write down in your notes. He said, I did not come to bring peace to the earth. I came to bring a sword. Soldiers know they can possibly lose their life. When you enlist, you know there's a chance that you might not come home. It was people who died in training. That's why Jesus kept telling his disciples, in order for you to follow me, you're going to have to lose your life. You're going to have to lose your life. In order for you to soldier for Christ, you're going to have to lose your life. In order for you to get the destiny that he has called you to do, you're going to have to lose your life. You can't have both. You can't have a natural life and a spiritual life. You have to choose one or the other. Y'all good? How many of y'all want to unenlist? Because the scripture says this. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. Which means the moment you enlisted in this thing, hold on, let me finish. It says, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So the moment you enlist in this life, everything outside of this life, it really doesn't matter. Walk in the spirit. So you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Once you are in the military, they don't care about what's going on at home. You got to focus on training right here because we have a mission. And wherever there's a mission, there will be martyrs. Wherever there's a mission, there will be martyrs. There will be people who are going to die. When I got out the military, I got out because I had um, three degenerate discs in my back, nerve damage in both legs, both feet. So then the medical me out. Okay. I'm out for two, three months. I was uh, helping the church 
do dinners. And I took some dinners to a car lot. And my team leader, who I was about to go overseas with, pulls up both legs missing. Serious, right? Hmm. Now, a soldier has to know this one thing. Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? All right? Because a soldier is not supposed to get entangled in the affairs of this life. This is why the Bible tells us that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. To wrestle with flesh and blood is to get entangled in the everyday affairs of life. A soldier has to know where is the war? Who is the enemy? On this side, if you think people are the enemy, you're fighting the wrong war. We're not even fighting Satan. We're not fighting Satan. We're not fighting demons. The fight is for you to understand who you are. When you understand who you are, according to scriptures, watch this, they bow to you. That's what happened to Jesus, right? We're not fighting demons. Tell me the time in scripture where Jesus had a fight with with the devil. We know who you are. You are the son of God. Have you come to torment us before our time? The battle is not you fighting the devil. When Jesus got ready to cast the demons out of the man, they said, please let us go into these pigs. Does that sound like a war? Does that sound like a battle? He, watch this, he destroyed Satan by simply saying it is written. It is written. It is written. You will only worship my father. That's it. That's all he said. And Satan, he said, the scripture says Satan fled. And he's going to come back another day. But when did he attack him? When he was training. He was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days. And and Satan said, if I don't disrupt this, he is going to have power to destroy me. After he came out the wilderness, the Bible said he made an open display of him. (laughs) Because he had the mind of a soldier. You're not going to stop me from training. I'm telling you, you're in a 21-day fast. What is in between... Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, food, bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that proceed out of the mouth of my father. Soldier, 
I know the mission. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The Bible said he was hungry. Satan knew he had the power. He came to him and told him to turn a stone to bread. <laughs> y'all don't want to know. We, we, y'all want to talk about supernatural stuff. Satan came to him out and told him, if you're the son of God, turn this bread into stone, turn this stone into bread. He know he has the power to do it. Watch this simple mathematics. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he flees. So, if the devil's not fleeing, what's wrong? Come on, soldiers. Talk to me. Boy, y'all sound quiet. Y'all is whispering this thing today, boy. Say, I ain't submitting. Just say it. I ain't submitting. So he ain't going nowhere. Because you forgot who enlisted you. You not resisting him. You on his team. You following his instructions. I told you he don't want no smoke. He just whispering in your ear. You follow the instructions and bam, you kill all your power. The Bible says all power. Watch this. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus said all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You're joint heirs with him. That power is available to you. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will have power. So there's no, it's not like we don't have power. We just don't have the right mindset to use the power. Scripture tells us we have power. Scripture tells us we have authority. Watch this. Because I want you to see what a battle is. Romans 7.23. But I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind. And taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. So the battle is where? It's in my mind. And what's going on in my mind is making me a prisoner. It ain't what's going on around you. It's what's going on in you. What's going on in you is making you a prisoner. How long you sit up there thinking about stupid stuff locked up? You put a straitjacket on yourself. Just sit there. Can't come to church. Can't pray. Can't fast. Can't read the word. Just meditating on foolishness. But you got to have the mindset of a soldier, which means, well, I'm going too quick. James chapter 4, verse 1. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Hmm. Don't they come from a, your passions that wage war within you? The only battle you got to fight is the one in you. That's why I told you, your gift of discernment 
doesn't work until it works on you. It's not authentic. Your gift of discernment is not authentic until you can discern your own spirit. Your gift of prophecy is not authentic until you can prophesy to yourself what's wrong, what the Father told you, and what you should be doing. Your word of wisdom ain't no good until you can give it to yourself. Your word of knowledge ain't no good until you can give yourself that knowledge. It ain't, it's, it's no good. All your wars are going on within you. Galatians 16 18 tells us we walk in the spirit. We will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the spirit. The flesh is warring against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. So that you won't do what you're supposed to do. There's no scripture in the Bible says Satan is stopping you. The Bible says Jesus destroyed the works of Satan. If that's already destroyed, then how are we fighting that? It's already ground zero. Your fight is within your mind. I'm going to prove it to you. Second Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 3. Oh boy. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Meaning, we don't blame people. We blame spirits. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities. We wrestle with rulers. We wrestle with authorities. We wrestle with them until we get our mind right. And then we dominate them. The Bible says that he left all things subject to us. But when he looked at the earth, why is the thing subjected to us? Because the creation is grown and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And there will be no dominion until there's a manifestation of children. There will be no dominion until there's a manifestation of children. Verse four, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, Say, not of the flesh. So it ain't okay to cuss people out. It ain't okay to tell people off. Boy, y'all be killing me with them looks on y'all face, boy. It's not okay. Now, it's okay to put people in check, but your spirit better... (laughs) That was the Guinness Book World Record... Quickest amen I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it came out so quick, I couldn't even get <laughs> amen. <laughs> Some, no, seriously, sometimes you have to let people know, but you can let them know intelligently and with your spirit correct. You don't have to lose it. Okay? You don't have to go ape on somebody to prove your point. Jesus said, no, you will not be taking my life today. I pick my life up, I lay it down. We ain't got to argue about this thing, okay? We ain't got to argue about this thing. At the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I agree, my father agree. That's all we need to talk about. Keep it moving. I and my father are one. Do you see the simple equations he used to shut people down? (laughs) 
No, you, you're right, though. We are growing. That's what we're here for. That's what I say. This is the training grounds. You have to learn these things, okay? Because the thing about it is, I told you, when you came into this life, you were 100% flesh. You were 100% sinner. That's why we have grace. We have grace because there's a learning process here. There's not a thing where I'm saved, then I'm, I'm, everything's correct. No. That's not how it works. It is a growing process. The Bible says to grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grace is therefore growing. The Bible says that you should live by faith. You don't live by grace. Some of y'all want to live by grace. You want to tell people off and say, well, the grace of God will cover that. No, it won't. (laughs) No, it won't. You're supposed to live by faith, meaning when you open your mouth, your father gave you the instructions. You only say We're going to have to do one on the mindset of an ambassador. The Bible says study to be quiet. Study to be quiet don't mean shut up. It means stop talking until I tell you to speak. Study to be quiet. Okay, in any given moment, shut up until you hear him tell you to speak. It's a learned behavior. But it will save you. It will open doors for you. A lot of us, you close your own doors. Just by your body language. You just... <laughs> you got to let people... <sighs> like Jamie Foxx said about J-Lo, she hit me with the bebop. <laughs> Verse 4. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. For the demolition. Now, I was a combat engineer. Demolition happens when you strap explosives to it. That's what a demolition is. It's when you take a 20-story building and you and you strap TNT, you strap C4 to it for the purpose of destroying it. Because a, strong, a stronghold is a wall. But watch this. It is a wall that has been formulated by your opinions. And you won't let your opinions down, so you keep defending your opinion and you keep the wall up there. That's why I told you, our re- we don't wrestle with other people. The Bible is not telling us to tear down other people's strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are powerful for tearing down our strongholds. Say, my stronghold. Because you'll mess around and think it is your job to tear down everybody else's stronghold. It's not. The weapons are there so you can tear down your strongholds. The things that you have built up, the opinions, the things that you think are right, they are totally wrong. But you have fortified your mind with them, so can't nobody break through. Since can't nobody else break through, you got to use the weapon to tear down your own minds just to get taught. 
just to get taught. It says, powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. Blow it up. Get rid of it. One time we set a Bangalore to a tree, and the tree was probably from that wall to that wall. No lie. The tree was that big. All right. We set a Bangalore to it, which is a, a pipe, uh, um, two Bangalores to it, which is a pipe that is stuffed with C4. You tied that cord on it, put it under the tree. We blew this thing, and all you seen was toothpicks. You didn't see a branch. You didn't see no part of that tree. It was it it disintegrated. That's what it's telling you to do with your mind, with the strongholds of your mind. You better destroy them because until you destroy those strongholds, you can't hear right. You can't see right. That's why the Bible says that Satan has blinded. He has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Strongholds. Then it says, we demolish arguments. We demolish arguments. What are arguments? Computations, reasoning. Just like we just talked about the scripture on um, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's a mathematic. That's mathematics. That's a, a computation. That's mathematics. Meaning it's a formula. It's a formula. If you submit to God and you resist the devil, he will flee. If you don't submit to God, the formula doesn't work. Satan doesn't have to flee. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, who in here called by his name, okay, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal the land. That's mathematics. This is what happens. His people who are called by his name get into a position in a time where it's time to humble yourself and Satan talks you out of it. You find a fleshly reason not to do it. You know what just happened? That argument just destroyed the whole mathematics. He can't heal the land. Or let's say you humble yourself, but now you don't pray. Because that's a part of the mathematics. Let's say you do pray, but you don't seek his face. That's part of the mathematics. You can't get the healing of the land until you follow the computation, the mathematic formula, just the way it goes. Turn from your wicked ways. He said, do all this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There we go. Lean out on your own understanding. The moment you lean on your own understanding, you destroy the math problem. How do we get to the point where we don't lean on our own? We start leaning on our own understanding. Arguments. Am I right? Arguments. The crazy thing about it is with yourself. I've argued with Dr. Hardy plenty of times. She wasn't even in the room. Okay, some people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Especially you married. 
Y'all want to admit the truth? Those arguments went on for a week at a time sometimes. Longer than that. That's why I tell you, we all bipolar. We are, everybody's bipolar. You up, then you down. <laughs> I can't deal with her. <laughs> she gonna look at me and say, I got a sign on mine. <laughs> But that's what happens. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Okay. We're going down the right path. We acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him. And then some hit and we stop acknowledging him. We acknowledge him in 90% of our ways. You know what? That broke the formula. So you're supposed to use your weapons to keep the math. So you can get on the other end what belongs to you. Because once you destroy the math, watch this. That's your manifestation. It had nothing to do with nobody else. It's your manifestation now. Verse 5. And every proud thing that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. Y'all didn't hear that. We are ready to destroy. Let me read it, verse 6 again. And we are ready to punish any disobedience. What's the rest of it? Uh. So we not, you can't even start to fight with Satan until your obedience is complete. Don't even talk about what Satan doing until you obey him. This friendly fire. You shooting your battle buddy. <laughs> the person you supposed to be in a foxhole with, you shooting them. It, watch this. It says we take, we demolish, we punish. And they ain't talking about other people. It's talking about ourselves. Paul said, I put my own flesh up under subjection. So when I preach, I don't disqualify myself. This whole thing about having the mindset of a soldier is about warring within yourself to make the war outside of you easier. When they woke Jesus up, he wasn't like, oh my God, what are we going to do about this storm? What are we going to do about peace? Be still. Shh, to the wind and the waves, turn to them and say, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all got no faith. The battle in them was not the battle in him. They frantic, he sleep. They had to wake him up. They had to wake him up and tell him it's a problem. Why? Because he's sleep. But that's what happens when you're raised in Abba's household. That's what happens when you're attached to your father. He was raised so well that water was like regular ground to him. We're not going to make it there. We're not. I'm just telling you. You can't walk on water if you can't walk on circumstances. 
You can't be supernatural if you can't defend, kill natural things. If you can't cast down your own imagination, how you going to cast out a devil? Let's make sense of it. We want to be powerful, but we don't want to use our power on ourselves. That's how you're going to know you're powerful. When you can use it on you. When you can shut your mouth. When you can, watch this, quiet your mind. When you can quiet your mind. When you can shut your mind off. Then you can conquer stuff. The meek shall inherit the earth. Meekness is power that you can have and you can use, but you withhold it because you know who you are. Jesus told him, look, I know y'all think y'all got me locked up, but if I wanted to, I can call a legion of angels. I'm letting this happen. The Bible said, why you can't take wrong? Oh, Jesus. Why you just can't be wrong? Why you got to prove that you're right? Because you got to fight within you. I need everybody to know I'm right. I need them to know I'm right. Who been there before? I know I've been there. I'll probably be there next week. It's a part of growing. I'm not telling you where you, I'm, I'm teaching this to you. I'm not preaching it to you. I'm not pre- I'm not telling you you should be here by now. I'm teaching it to you. I'm opening up your eyes and your mind to this is where you are supposed to be. I'm not preaching that you. I'm not telling you that if you don't do this tomorrow, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. I'm cultivating your mind. I'm getting you to the place that when you run into the situation, you actually have a thought. Right? Okay, I, now I remember. Don't even worry about it. Because it's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, maybe this might be prophetically for some of y'all. It's going to happen with money. Somebody not going to pay you back. And you're going to have to shut up and don't worry about it. It probably already happened. It's probably happening right now. And you got to shut up because you know your father can give you money. Why is you scorching the earth to get $20? <laughs> I seen somebody put a Facebook post on and they said they had a $20 bill. They said, let me smell this $20 bill. So when I ask it back, you can't say, hit a little funky $20 bill you gave me. <laughs> Watch this. All right. About to close. It says, we punish. We demolish. Watch this. What do we punish and demolish with? Weapons. Prayer is a weapon. Right? Amen. Fasting. It's a weapon. Mm. The word. It's a weapon. Fellowship. It is a weapon. You know, armies, I'm going to mess this order up, okay? You have one soldier does not make up an army, all right? A team 
of soldiers. No, wait, watch this. Three to five teams make up a platoon. Three to five platoons make up a company. Three to five companies make up a battalion. Am I right? Three to five battalions make up a brigade. Fellowship. We train together. Soldiers don't train alone. Who's your accountability partner? Who checks on you and says, have you prayed in tongues today? I know Dr. Hardy don't like me. I know she don't like me. I be on her. I do. Who's your accountability partner? Who can tell you, go pray? What causes you to start a fast? Could somebody tell you? You can't see your flesh? I told y'all I was coming for y'all head in 2021 because I want you to have it. I don't have time for soft, kind words. and No, because you, you're not going to get that. in your. You, that's not what's going on in your head. It, your mind is very aggressive. You need aggressive teaching. You got to look at your, fa- your flesh and say, I need to fast. My flesh is telling me what to do. It's ruling me. Kids, too. You need to look at your, fa- your flesh and say, it's telling me to lie to my parents. It's telling me to be disobedient. That's the only thing's happening. With the natural kids, towards the natural parents, with the spiritual kids, towards the sp- our Heavenly Father. He say something, and what we do? The very opposite. What our flesh tell us to do, what we feel. Why would the Bible tell us, watch this, put on the whole armor? Put on the whole armor of God. That's for soldiers, right? Armor for soldiers. He said, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on a breastplate of righteousness. Let truth be your belt. Your feet should be uh, uh, shod with the preparation of the peace of the gospel. Then take your shield of faith. And finally, you better know some word because that's your sword. You can't fight because you don't know no word. You ain't got a word for that situation. You don't have a it is written. It ain't in you. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will remind you. It ain't going to pull scriptures out the Bible and give them to you. It's going to remind you of what you've been studying. It's going to bring back to memories what you heard in service. It's not going to bring the scriptures to you. It's not just going to download Ephesians. It's not. You going to have to get the sword of the spirit because if you don't have the sword of the spirit, you got nothing to fight with. 
Satan can tell you anything if you don't have a comeback for him. Jesus saying it is written. He's letting you know what's written in his heart based on how he was raised. He lets you know constantly, I only do what my father tells me to do. The son can only do what his father tells him to do, what he sees his father do. Everything about him is letting you know I'm under somebody's command. Then he turns around and says, learn of me. Learn of me. Because I'm meek and I'm lowly at heart. That's why humility has nothing to do with you obeying the pastor. Because in about 30 minutes, you're going to be out of my presence. You got to have a real, genuine relationship with the father as a child. If not, you're going to be consumed with the wrong stuff. I was telling him on a prayer call the other day. The Bible says that our father is a consuming fire. There's no way you can get close to him and not catch on fire. The more you plant yourself in his household and see yourself as his child, he consumes you. I told you the only difference between Jesus ministry and our ministry is who raised him. Is the understanding he had. He said he understood humans. He knew how they thought. He knew they were wretched. The Bible said that he had to become, he was rich and had to become poor. So just a fellowship with us, he had to downgrade. Don't you hate when, you got, when you're around people, you got to downgrade your thinking to have a conversation? Then the last thing he told him, he said, get the sword of spirit, the sword of the spirit. Then he said, pray in the spirit. The, the moment you hit the ground in the morning, you should be praying in tongues. When Jesus taught us how to pray, watch this, formula. Our Father, which art in heaven, make your name holy. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then he said, give me my daily bread. Formula. When you pray, you just want your daily bread. You don't want him. It's a formula. First, you got to know that he's your father. Prayer don't work unless you know he's your father. Then you have to want to make his name holy. You have to want his will to be done in earth just like it is in heaven. Then you have the right to say, give me. Give me. That's how you do your kids. You can get what you want as long as you do what I. You're not going to disobey everything I say and then come to me with give me. It don't work like that. So it don't work like that with the father. You're not going to do your own thing and then tell me to co-sign on it. It doesn't work like that. Everything is a formula. But we have to fight ourselves just to become children. Part of it is because of religion. Okay. Psalms 144 and 1. I'm going to leave y'all alone in a second. But for now, Let's have some fun. Psalms 144 and 1. A Psalm of David. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. 
A war is different from a battle. A battle is just conflict. We can go back and forth with words. It ain't a war till we need guns. Some of y'all in a battle and you think it's a war. It ain't a war until it has to get violent. That's why the Bible tells us that we have to have violent faith. That violent faith is not to destroy Satan. He's already been destroyed. The violent faith is for you to take what's yours and you can only get it when you become who he said you are. We're using our resources to fight a battle that doesn't even exist. Because we want to kill everything, don't we? But our flesh. The Bible says, mortify the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. It didn't tell you to kill people. It didn't tell you to kill spirits. It didn't tell you to kill... It says Satan is an adversary. He is, but he's as a roaring lion. He's as a roaring lion. So he's loud. But when you see him, he looks like a grasshopper. He's as a roaring lion. We're not fighting him. So the scriptures let us know he trains our hands for war and our fingers for battles. Finger represents the power of God. Battles are are simple. (laughs) Just shut up. Battles are simple. Just hang up the phone. One finger, you see that? (laughs) Battles are simple. Don't text them back. (laughs) Battles are simple. The issue is you think it's a war. Let's keep it moving. Here we go. Psalms 37 and 23. The steps of a good man. I like it when the scripture hits you before I get done reading it. I like that. Like, like see somebody get hit with a body blow. Mm. That's how the scripture hits you right there. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. Now, it takes us back to the scripture that we just read in the beginning that no one serving as a soldier entangles himself into a civilian life, but they seek to please those who enlisted them. Same scripture, right? The steps of a good man are ordered. You want to know if you're a good man? Are your steps ordered? You want to know if you're a good woman? Are your steps ordered? Can you take orders? Let me tell you why this is important. Because when it comes time to give out rank, ooh, when it comes time to give out rank, it's going to be determined on how you took orders. You don't give rank to soldiers who can't take orders. 
When it comes time to give out rank, they do evaluations. The first evaluation they give is for, did you arrive on time to formation? We had to be in formation six o'clock every morning, but this is the orders. Be there at 545 because if you're, fifth, if you're not there 15 minutes early, you're late. So at 545, we stand in rain, sleet, snow. Let's just say this is your prayer life. What time he tell you to get up? What's your formation? Because you won't rank, right? We all won't rank. When it comes time to give out rank, effort. We talked about gold standard. If you want your destiny, them Daniel fasts ain't going to work. You just appeasing your appetite. If you can't fast for three days, you're not ready for no devil. Because you know how he going to get you? With food. <laughs> he know your weakness. <laughs> He's been watching you. He know your weakness. Because while you on a fast, watch this. He going to keep you thinking about eating so much, you're not going to pray. And everybody in here on the fast gets up and goes open the refrigerator for no reason. Look at all the cabinets. That's your flesh controlling you. I told you, you better, you better journal it. At 5 o'clock in the morning, my flesh made me go to the refrigerator. I knew I could not eat. This is ridiculous. Need to get this under control. Sincerely, the spiritual man. I got a call. Somebody upset me. I broke my fast. I envisioned my day, so I said I can't fast. <laughs> I open your mail yet? <laughs> you got every reason why you can't. Watch this. I was in the military. Full battle rattle, 100 degrees training, fasting. You can't tell me you can't fast on your cush job. He going to always have some soldiers that's going to make you look, make that lie coming out your mouth look foolish. He's always going to have someone that's going to stand right before you and say, and he's going to show them they did it. The thing you say you can't do, somebody's doing it. Attitude, teamwork, your weaponry skills. You can't use prayer because you haven't practiced it enough. You can't shoot because you haven't been shooting enough. 
When you're training as a soldier, you know, as a soldier, I shot M4s, M16s, I shot um, rocket launchers, I threw grenade, grenade launchers, pistols. You have to practice your weaponry. If you don't practice praying, you won't know how to pray. If you don't practice fasting, you won't know how to fast. If you won't get in the word, if you won't do fellowship, every time you run into a, a situation, only thing you're going to have to fix that situation is flesh. I got a bonus scripture for you. First Corinthians 9, 7. I just want you to read the, the front part of it. That's it. Who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Now, what is that saying? It's even a blessing. Your blessings are even in you having the mind of a soldier. When you enlist in the military, they take care of all of your financial needs. They pay you. They give you housing. That's the boy. That's the thing about boy, most people stay in the military because of that. All you have to pay for is your cable, your phone, and your car. Everything else, they supply it. I got out the military, service-connected disability. They paying me for the rest of my life because of my service. They didn't say, okay, you know what? We, we know you got injured in the military, but now you're on your own. No, no soldier serves at their own expense. The more you delve yourself into the things of the father, he will promote your path. The provision is in you having the mindset of a soldier. The issue that we have is we think we got to get it. Don't let them lie to you about hustle. You ain't got to, don't know. You don't have to hustle. You hustle with a vision. When you get a vision, hustle. Until you get a vision, sit and wait. Be still. Be still. The Bible says, be still and wait on the Lord. Now, I got a question for you, and we're going to close. Now, we do have to take on the mind of Christ, right? Y'all agree? How many of y'all down for that? How many of y'all want the mindset of a soldier? I don't, yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see, y'all. We're going to see. In order to have a mindset of a soldier, you have to be able to take commands, orders. This is how it looks. Jesus said constantly, I only do what the Father tell me to do. Jesus said it like this, I must preach the gospel. I must seek and save that which was lost because this is why I was sent. Every soldier has an assignment. Every soldier has an assignment. But the question I want to ask to you today is when it comes to I only do and I only must, who commands that part of your life? Who commands that part of your life? Who commands your I must? When you wake up in the morning, who has your I must? Now, don't tell me what I want to hear. 
this is this this is you dealing with you. This is you versus you. Who can, who controls that? You do. That's what it means by giving your will. When you give your will, he has the I only do. He has the I must. Amen. Let us stand. Just a simple teaching to start the year off. Y'all learn anything? Amen, amen. Before I get into um, the announcements for today, um, as he was teaching, um, I was led to read something to you um, to add to what he said. And I don't ever do that, but I was led to do it. Who was he? Apostle Hardy. <laughs> Amen. Um, I'm coming from Luke 14, 25-33. So you can write that down. Luke 14, 25-33. And it says, as massive crowds follow Jesus, he turned to them and said... When you follow me as my disciples, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers. Yes, you will even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. And anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cost, my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it. Otherwise, he may lay the foundation and not be able to finish. The neighbors will ridicule him saying, look at him. He started to build, but he could not complete it. Have you ever heard of a commander who goes out to war without first sitting down with strategic planning to determine the strength of his army to win the war against a stronger opponent. If he knows he doesn't stand a chance of winning the war, the wise commander will send out delegates to ask for the terms of peace. Likewise, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples." So to add to Apostle Hardy is, number one, consider the cost. Number two, there's a price that you're going to have to pay for your spiritual life. And you have to consider the price that you have to pay. Amen.